0: Hey everyone, glad to have you join us here uh, at Valley Life Church. Valley Life Church exists to make disciples and plant churches, and we've got this podcast uh, where we talk about what's inside Valley Life Church, and Inside Valley Life Church is a series of interviews with pastors, deacons, and volunteers to give listeners a fuller picture of all that is happening in our disciple-making and church-planting family. My name is Sterling Edwards. I'm here with Brian Bowman.
1: That's right. I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm glad that you're here. We are talking about the sermon from this past Sunday, and th- really the series that we're in, which is First Things First. So just kind of, g- let's catch up just on what the First Things First series is about.
1: We started this uh, two years, well, last year, this will be the second year we've done it, just to answer the big questions of what Valley Life is for. Really, it was the celebration of our 10-year anniversary last year, and I wanted to say, what are we going to spend the next 10 years doing? First of all, we wanted to answer, what is the gospel? And like I said last week, Valley Life, in some measure, is an experiment to see how far can the gospel take a church without any other bells and whistles. Yeah. And we've been very pleased by that. You know, we just assumed that I I think that this will be great if, if the church is founded on the gospel and not a lot of, not any fluff as little of the other stuff as possible. And that's been great. We also wanted to, you know, ask questions like what do Christians do? How much uh, does a church cost? You know, how, how is it that we support the church? Um, how do we disciple? Who are you discipling? You know, the basic questions like that.
0: Yeah, I, I and I appreciate what you were talking about. I was thinking about that throughout this week, just this almost what you call an experiment. Uh, how deep can the gospel go? What kind of effect can the gospel alone have without contributing other pieces to that? And I think that this sermon from Sunday really has lent itself towards defining that, because the the question that we're talking about is, what is the gospel? I know we define it this way on a regular basis, Jesus, in my place for my sin. But then we're asking the question this week, so what do Christians do? Yeah. And that's a big part of it, because we know that there's grace here, but g- grace is leading us to do something. So what do Christians do? And um, And this week we're talking about the great commandment is what we do.
1: Yeah, we'll do Great Commission next week, Great Commandment. So that's definitely what Christians do. We started off the sermon by saying, in light of our current predicament, yeah. which is everything's dissolving. You know, right. That was 2 Peter. Uh, we said the, the moon will melt like hot cheese. It, it said everything's going to burn uh, with fire. And when it burns with fire, all the heavenly bodies will melt. In light of that, what should we do? And that's definitely Great Commandment, Great Commission. Great Commandment has two parts— Love God and love other people. Love God with your heart, soul, and mind. Love people, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And then we'll do the great commandment next week.
0: Which we're looking forward to that already. But we're talking about the great, the great commandment and what that means for us to love God and to love others. That there, there's a big piece of that where that is what the church, well, that is, what the church is to do. And the, that's the result of the, uh, the, the commandment there. Uh, but you talked about this great commandment mindset. Like, there, there is a way of thinking about the great commandment.
1: Yeah, um, because I was just like anybody that's trying to give out, like, what do we want to do this year? I don't want it to become a checklist. Or a list of rules. Uh, It's not a challenge. Like, I challenge you to do this thing for as many days consecutively as possible. It's not that. It's more like just a mindset. It's sort of like when people say, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle.
0: Right. (laughs) I know. It's just that. I mean, it's the same thing. But, you know, anytime we talk about this, uh, let me interrupt you right there. (laughs) Anytime we talk about this, because I grew up with rules. Uh I grew up in a, a, I I don't think I ever told you before that I grew up with my quiet time guide. Mm -hmm. And I got like a point. Uh, like I, I, like you, turn it into a youth minister, and I got like a check, and the check meant that if you could uh, do all of these things, and whoever got to like fifty thousand, or maybe it was fifty million, it doesn't even matter what it was, that you are going to get like your free camp paid for, okay, and you had to like memorize scripture, you had to memorize the book of James, Dom, and so yeah, like, and so, and, and it didn't have a choice. Like right. my dad was. Of course, you're gonna go. You're gonna memorize. You know, and you're gonna do this. And so the performance, like when we're talking about like um, rules, like that 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 hits a, that always strikes a chord with me. Sure. Uh, so what we're saying that wait, it's not rules. That's a really big deal for for a lot of us. I think
1: it's a huge deal. And by the way, in my church, you got to dip your hand in the treasure box what? and pull out like a two cent piece of candy. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. So it's I I. I anticipate some people could come away from Sunday, if they were in last week and this week, right. could come away like, now which is it? Because there is such a thing as church discipline, right? Right. If you're not walking with the Lord and you're not giving evidence of repentance, then that's going to be a problem. It needs to be a problem. Right. And ultimately, if, if after all the Matthew 18 stuff happens, you're pulled out of communion. And this week, I said, you know it's not about rules or a checklist or any of that stuff, but there has to be a way that a Christian acts like a Christian uh and you'll see that through the setting of the mind yeah. and then
0: that that lends itself to repentance that we talked about last week, right. you talked about that as we're having this this mindset it can't be for other people because yeah. that that is where we fall into the legalism, which yeah. a lot of part that's what Jesus is addressing with the Pharisees,
1: yeah. And even though we started off the the day by reading, uh, you know, the Great Commandment, we did a lot of our work in, in Colossians 2 and 3. So that's where we started off Colossians 2 because that's where he's doing the, don't let anyone judge you for what you eat or drink because yeah. after all, hold on to Christ who is the head. Yeah. And the body, which is the people, grow and is nourished from the head. Right. Not to say that. Because we never want to say, hey, the rules don't matter. We're not saying the law of God doesn't matter. Right. The law of God is sweet to our taste, and it gives us his way. Yeah. It's just that the law of God will not
0: help you keep the law of God. Right. Yeah. Uh, so so it can't be legalism, and we can't just do these things when we feel like it.
1: Right. Yeah, and, that, and that's point number two. The great commandment mindset can't be for other people. That won't help. It can't just be when you feel like it. Obviously, that isn't what what we're going for either because paul you know paul said last week um i tried i worked right. and of course it wasn't just me working it's the grace of god at work in me but you could see it happen in my life it did change my schedule it did change my finance with him it put me on a boat to go from one country to another i never anticipated that yeah. uh, and it wasn't just when he felt like it and we called it grace-fueled
0: effort right which i think is that that captures a whole lot of what, what it is that we're talking about to to recognize that that where that that's where it comes from and th- then we talked about the this uh, continuing with the mindset that um there's a way to set your mind without giving into legalism or settling for for feelings and uh you 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 talked about the um uh th- going back to the, in light of the melting of the moon yep. like cheese and then uh you talked about the bank account which i think is a great example uh mm-hmm. when that bank account w- what are you going to invest in where are you going to put put your treasure yeah
1: i like that one my bank was literally closing down and said you got to move your money somewhere because we're not going to make it um you should have put it someplace more stable made maybe and that's the same thing with all of our effort you know this world is going away uh it's been predicted and all that yeah it's going away in light of that, what are you what are you going to do with your time and effort and energy?
0: So when we ask that question, what do you literally want me to do? And then we talk, we go back to these things at prayer, Bible, church, which sounds simple enough in some ways when we're familiar with that language and we we understand the importance of of prayer and Bible and church, but. I really appreciated on Sunday how you went into talking about the enemies of those things, because as much as we want to just go along with it and say, yeah, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. There is always that um, element of uh, distraction or all of these other things that begin to seep in that keep us from doing really what are the three essentials you know, for us to be able to live this out. And you talked about the, uh, the enemy of, of prayer. And uh, let's talk about that.
1: I do think that the enemy of prayer is Satan. Now, having said that, um, I was t- trying to be clear on Sunday. This is just my opinion. I yeah. don't think you're going to go to the scripture and maybe you could find some support for this. But this is just my thought. I feel opposed by spiritual forces when I want to pray. Even so much like I can talk to Brooke, maybe less now than when I was first, first 10 years of marriage. But in the first few years, 10 years of marriage, 12, I remember saying, you know, let's, we should pray together. I pray in front of people. Right. I preach, but just you and me here. You know, let's shut off the TV and pray. And Brooke could say, like, I, I would like that. I'd be like, yeah, we should totally do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, anytime you want to, we could do that. Yeah, right. yeah, you know, one of these days we're gonna do it. It just felt hard to be like, okay, so then our Father who art in heaven, like, let's right. do it. Right. I felt opposed. Like, why is it feels like I'm climbing over something just to pray with my wife? And it's the same thing in private. I do want to pray. And I stopped to pray, and man, you just get bombarded with thoughts and distractions and all that. So I feel like that's a, um, I feel like it's a satanic or at least demonic attack. I did have someone come in today, in fact, coincidentally, and say, I don't feel difficulty in prayer at all. I've always felt it to be a natural thing, and I feel like I can pray unopposed. So it's probably not a universal feeling, but I think there, a lot of people can relate to, yeah, it's difficult to pray.
0: Yeah. I, and I think hopefully over, you know, a period of time, I know I'm in my own prayer life, that I've had to work towards eliminating things that I know are that are going to, you know, distract me, mm. you know, be, as much as I want to say that I, all I am doing is going to pray. But th- that means for me, there's a you know particular time of day where I'm able to focus more than other times of day. You just have to get up before everybody else yeah. in order for that, you know, in order for that to happen. Um, I, I know that, um, for, for a while, for the last probably five years, a big part of my prayer time involves writing down my prayer okay because I, I get distracted uh, or i i I say it out loud, but mm-hmm. because if it's just kind of in my head, sometimes I, I start to got a lot of things on our minds. And right. so I know you have to combat it and, and I, and I know there are ways that we can combat it, but we can't deny there is this overwhelming enemy that w- wants us to think about and talk about anything else to anybody else except to bring our needs before the Lord.
1: I, and I do think it's the most powerful thing that we do. Yeah. I don't think you could do without the other two. You're not going to want to just pray, no Bible, no church. Right. That wouldn't be good. But I think of the three, it's the most powerful thing. An individual Christian and then Christians together yeah. do.
0: Yeah. yeah. My I, opinion. My opinion. And uh, I think one of your points here is the reason why is because prayer, prayer does work. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and you brought it up, and I, I want to you know revisit it because a lot of people have been talking about prayer since the Monday night football game yeah. from a week ago, um, and, and that we, one dude even prayed live on air
1: on ESPN, yeah. which I never thought I'd see.
0: Yeah, and so there is just that that recognition of when when we're in the situation, who are we going to go? Now it's not just the power of prayer, just to be able to pray. To the tree. Right. I mean, it is does matter who we're praying to. Yeah. Um, But being able to call upon the name of the Lord. And so so to that,
1: Serling, if you say to someone or Dom, you just walk out, hey, can I pray for you? Hardly anybody will say, no, I don't want you to do right. that. So I'm not opposed by people. I'm not opposed, you know, by myself. Right. I don't feel an urge from self to be like, don't pray. Right. I think it's spiritual. Right. So I feel opposed by Satan to right. not pray. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, it's different. Yeah, um, well, going into the Bible. Yeah, but I feel like if you said, hey, let me read to you from Romans chapter 1, what do you think about that? To a random person, they'd be like, that is hate speech. Right, yeah. And let me just a random passage out of Deuteronomy in there and see, that's narrow-minded. I think a lot of the Bible,
0: a lot is completely
1: and wholly unacceptable in Western culture.
0: Yeah, well, and and in some ways, even in different segments of Christian culture, or what we would call Christian culture, uh, would have the same opposition.
1: Yeah, if you just took the word, golly, if you just took the words, maybe 15% of what Jesus said, and took off the um, scripture reference and just posted it,
0: people would say, well, that's hate speech. Right.
1: That's narrow minded. You're leaving out a bunch of Muslims. You're doing all these bad things. Like, bro, that's exactly what he said.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those are—I mean, that's that's right there. And, and when we talk about the, the Bible, um, you know, I mean, we did refer to this, that it is written and divinely inspired and is God's revelation of himself to man. So there's no way of reducing that. Right. Like, you don't get a chance to just kind of uh, offer, well, that's your opinion. I mean, yeah. we're talking—this is the revelation.
1: Yeah, I don't know how many churches— in our area or whatever, are left, who say, we believe that the Bible is inspired. But it's basically, though through human hands, written, it is still written by God. Yeah. And therefore, it judges us. We don't have a right to judge it. Yeah. And it is completely true. Yeah. We're one of those churches that says the Bible is inerrant. It it does not err. I err, so who am I to judge the Bible? Right. There's not a lot of churches left, I think, that will say that kind of stuff. And I wanted to be really clear that this is
0: one of them. Yes. You, you make another statement, or you made another statement, that the, the world will be opposed to you for believing the Bible. For sure. Yeah. And I think we see that all around. I mean, I know you said that just with with understanding the references, uh, Romans 1, but also throughout what Jesus teaches. And, um, and, and yet, you know, we also know that there is this element where people are saying, um, well, God is love. And so anything that is related to that, God, God must be loving. But when we dig dig beyond the surface of what it is that Jesus teaches and what it is that uh, we see in Scripture, um, there, there is this element of recognizing the standards of God, the, the, the holiness of God, the majesty of God. And I know we want to make him into our buddy mm-hmm. where we can just kind of like ha- have him that, that way. But there is, uh, I, I like what you're saying about the Bible is, is judging us, that there is there is that, and we cannot reduce that. And,
1: and when people you know, want to meet with me or whatever, and usually it has to do with relationships, human sexuality, like what about this, what about this? My starting point is, well, look, are, are you underneath authority of the Bible? Yeah. Before we even open the Bible, I don't want to get into an argument about what it says. If you're just going to tell me I'm not under its authority, well, then there's your disagreement. I mean, that's where we disagree. Right. And if you say, no, I, I'm under the authority of the Bible. Okay, well, now we have something to talk about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that that's uh, that's significant. And we know that this is very relevant for our life and our world. And then we talk about church and the opposition or the enemy of church. You, you said the enemy of church is self. I think
1: that. I really do. I yeah. mean, back to when we were in Preaching Collective a couple of weeks ago, yeah. planning this sermon, I said, if... If I tell people, read your Bible every day, they will feel like they should. If I say, pray every day, they say, I do in one form or another, maybe just a simple shout out to the Lord or whatever. But yeah. they'll say, I do pray. I should read my Bible. We'll go to church every week. They're going to be like, What? What are you doing? Yeah. I are mean, you try, trying to take my weekends? Don't you know that I work every other day? Yeah. But this is, that's the one that's commanded. Right. <laughs> you know, in Hebrews it says forsake not the assembling together of yourselves as is the habit of some. I mean, yeah. it goes ahead and says, yeah, some people do that. Don't you do that? Yeah. It's also one of the 10 commandments that we set a day aside for the Lord. Now it doesn't say, and so you'll go to church
0: at 9 a.m., but we should be setting that day aside. Yeah. um, And, and I know that when when we're talking about that i'm sure this has to hit home to a lot of people that are probably even listening to this you know that we're talking about that the the idea of understanding that we're going to the call is to go to church the, the call is to worship that there is really no uh part of this where there's a loophole or, or i mean we, we we try to come up with a loophole yeah you know but there's really not one that's left in that sure and so I think when when he says this that you you said uh, we don't even really need the the devil we don't even need the enemy to oppose us in hey, that because we have that inside yeah if of I'm us. the devil
1: I'm not trying to keep people from going to church they'll keep themselves from church yeah I'll keep them from prayer yeah the world is against the Bible yeah Satan is against our prayer and we don't even go to, I mean common Christians go to church like two times a month from what I you know stats yeah, will right. say. Right. And they'll say,
0: yeah, I go to that church,
1: bro. You're there like half the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that um, that probably that is probably trended over a, over a period of time. I think we were talking about this or you, you, you posted something maybe a few weeks ago that just talk about like the generational. You know, oh, yeah. You, and I, that, that's part of what I thought
1: of. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I think from, from the stats, people who, like, Bible-believing Christians, yeah. yes, I'm under the authority of the Bible. I think that from what I read, this is the lowest point. We're at the low point of right. church attendance. Sure. Now, someone that says, I don't know if the Bible's true or not, okay, that's right. different. But some even someone who is, I submit to the authority of Scripture, I'm a born-again Christian, they're going to church like 2.4 times a month. Yeah. And I yeah. will say... Valley life is not that way. Yeah. By and large, people come to church. Yeah. Like it's a part of their life here.
0: Yeah. No, right. Uh that's that's uh I think I grew up going two point four times a day. I mean, <laughs> I think that was yeah. pretty much uh uh but I'm, I'm i say that a little bit kidding, but uh it worked though, didn't it? Yeah, well, you know, but we just there was I guess what I would say on the more serious end, there there wasn't a discussion or a choice. You know, yeah. Dad Dad said, "We're getting in the car. That's right. you know, that's where we're going."
1: You yeah. know, and and I like to you know I tease about it, too, but it was a good way to grow up. Yeah, it's a good way for my kids to grow up. I'm really yeah. proud. Yeah. I'm a satisfied customer of lifelong church attendance. Yeah, yeah, I knew where the key to the Coke machine
0: was. <laughs> See, there where you go. Everything You're was. getting in the nitty gritty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that there was there there was that. Um, the first church was devoted. We talked about that in Acts chapter 2, 42. Uh, not giving into legalism, not waiting for feelings, but you know, we talk about that. That, what they were devoted to and yeah. and devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers. And That's what Christians do. Yeah.
1: So that that's when I transitioned to, okay, what do you really want me to do, man? And people, you know, different personalities will take these in different directions. But at some level, you got to take in the Bible, Bible intake. I'm not even saying Bible reading. Some people just, you know, they're going to struggle with, with just actual yeah. reading. But take it in, whether that's listening to your Bible app that reads to you, listening to sermons is a fantastic way, yeah. you know, to take in the Bible. I used to always listen to um, Adrian Rogers. They'd play Adrian Rogers sermons on my lunch break. When I was a kid, I was like, Dominic's, not that you're a child, but like even when I was really young, I would listen to those. Yeah. Um, and then just sitting, like I said, an old school hard copy by your favorite chair is a fantastic way yeah. to do it. My, t- I've said this a lot, but my way of doing it is I wake up nice and early in the morning. First thing I do is make coffee. Then I sit down, and I don't use an old school hard copy because the lights are off when I wake up. Yeah, I use my phone. Yeah, I just break open my phone. I have an app that does Bible study stuff on there. But I just go and I read the proverb of the day. From there, I can send. I tend to send things to my. Um, well, to Kobe, my son-in-law, yeah. and to Britain, my son, yeah. and I will say, "Hey, this said this about being a man today. I thought you'd like it." Or I post something on Facebook if I think it's more relevant yeah. for everyone. Yeah, that's that's my rhythm for Bible intake.
0: Yeah, and, and for what it's worth, I think rhythm is important. I for mean, sure. you know, I I do think rhythm. It it is sp- sporadic Bible reading does does not usually work no that's not what we're talking about like we yeah. said
1: earlier today, the drip 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 <laughs> yeah. of what seems like it isn't working that's how you break boulders
0: in half yeah that's
1: how you form your character yeah
0: yeah and then um yeah talking about memorizing it meditating on god's word
1: yeah did you grow up memorizing scripture
0: i did i mean was that a big part of the thing y'all did yeah it was it was. I mean, you know, we were part of Bible Drill. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was
1: part of it. Where... Well, that's finding it in Scripture, or that's finding it in the Bible, right? No, I don't know.
0: We were, like, Major League uh, Bible <laughs> Drill. Know. Like, you had to, like, memorize But that's scripture. not the same as memorizing it. No, you, had to, it. you oh. had to memorize it. You had to memorize it. You had to, like, they would just, like, call out, like, you know, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, you yeah. know. Uh, there, there, was a, there was a lot of, uh, there was, like, 25 or 30 that, like, were out of, like, the list, and you just mm-hmm. kind of had to, like memorize that but then th- I mean that was like my my church mm-hmm. uh I went to a Christian school that okay. was probably part of it but then there was just my dad and my dad you know oozed King James like he just spoke out of you know that was just how you learned a lot yeah. of it because because he would repeat it you know and, and and I think about all the phrases that he would say but so many of them um he, he this was this was a big phrase uh I was about to say when I was Dominic's age, but it was like uh, where he say, uh, "Be careful when you think you stand, lest you fall." Yeah, and that that, that was just like his words of wisdom, and you know, pipe down a little bit, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, even a even a fool is wise when he keeps his mouth closed. Yeah, you know that that was just like how he t- just talked to us, right? You know? So yeah, I mean, we memorized a lot.
1: Did you? Not really. No. Um, I can always. I can always get enough to Google what I'm looking for to find the address of a scripture, but yeah.
0: scripture memory, like
1: where you, yeah. no, I never did. Yeah,
0: I, I did, like when we were like eighth or ninth grade, we there was a big push for us to memorize the book of James and, mm-hmm. and memorize it like uh, a chapter at a time. So I couldn't just like say like the entire book of James, mm-hmm. but um, I could do like, James, a bond servant uh, to the twelve tribes scattered abroad. Greetings, consider it pure. I could get it. You know, I could go pretty, 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 wa- with pretty you. far. Uh, yeah, I mean, and there is just an, an impression. And if you think about the amount of songs that I know, yeah, you know, that I've got memorized from the eighties, then you would think that we would. Um, yeah, I think scripture memories, you know really important. Uh, God's people. You talked about t- what it means to comprise the church, and uh, and. and that that was down there with uh fellowship but um comprise the church uh believe give serve and learn and um you talked about that
1: sure the um
0: the thrust there is
1: not just attend the church which is important but whatever that church is into you yeah. y- you should be about that if, if valley life church was in some other place or maybe in some other time we wouldn't say make disciples plant churches all the time the way we do we wouldn't say believer giver server learner like we do uh, we would have a different way of doing it and whatever that would be as you know as long as it lined up with scripture that's what the people that comprise the church should do uh you know there was a time when we were raising money to to build out the building that's what the people of the church should do and i same thing i tell my kids this is how i know i mean it it's how I know this is not just for valley life, I tell Britt whatever resonate church, which is where he goes, whatever they're doing up there in Utah, that's what you should be doing, yeah, you don't need to say well, valley life does so and so no, you're a part of that church, right
0: yeah, no that's 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 really that's really significant
1: and then it's, and along that line too, I told everybody and I'm happy to tell anyone listening now the way to feel one of the main ways to
0: feel like a grown man is to say this is
1: the church that we are plugging ourselves
0: into, yeah. Yeah, I really appreciated you you saying that, and 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 being able to make that decision and to take that stand, but to lead to lead other people. And and it, I mean, again, I say this with you know a a, a really good example that I had growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I can't, I really can't discount that. But my dad did take did take a lead, and my dad did speak, and we and we didn't we didn't really debate. You know, this, this was what, and I think that that is such a huge part for the men within the church to be able to take that, take that step, take that initiative, um, and not make it, uh, not, not make it a, a choice or does everybody feel good, feel like doing this today? Yeah. Yeah. And not everybody
1: needs to be standing up on a stage doing 30 minute sermons or even praying prayers and all that stuff. But every dude in the church can say, no, we're choosing to be here. Yeah. Now having chosen, we're going to be involved. And maybe your wife is the Bible teacher, or maybe, you know, whatever. But the the manly impulse <laughs> to yeah. pick a church and say that's that's the one. We're not bouncing around. We're yeah. not maybe we're not going to go or I got my feelings hurt so we're staying home. None of that. Yeah. You be a part of it. Make
0: your decision and get after it. Yeah. No, that's that's so significant. That's uh that's a big part of it. Um probably the biggest part of it. I think uh and then we I think we conclude you concluded with God's ear that 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 we can we can call upon him that we uh pray every day and and pray in a way that enjoys God and I, I think you were said from from our lips uh to God's ear and um you know e- even what's today's only tuesday right mm-hmm. i mean we we've already talked about that with our girls from this from Sunday to be able to understand this is why we pray yeah. because there's somebody who's listening and yeah. so you know, you're afraid and you got whatever anxiety like there, there is God is listening and that, that we just really need to understand that that's what prayer is.
1: Yeah. And I when I think of prayer, I mean, there's some good books that I've read about prayer and they've helped a lot. But nothing's as good as just going back and seeing Jesus say, hey, there is a way to pray. Yeah, that's like a hypocrite. Don't do that. Yeah, don't be yeah. that way. But do it like this. And when he lines it out, it's not like he's saying you better right. do this. No, it's very good. Yeah. You'd be so relieved if you thought, man, to approach God, you better have your act together. No, it's not like that at all. No. He says, relax into his presence. Yeah. Shut the door. He's going to hear you. Your father who sees in secret will will hear you or will reward you.
0: No anxiousness, no anxiety. I love that. I love that. Well, this is a great, great sermon on what we're to do, the way that we are to live and um i love the chance to to talk about it but also can't wait for the sunday and i and i don't I know we don't have to plug it but i am excited to talk about the great commission yeah and man about the sunday
1: is is gonna we're hearkening back to remember that time we were in second corinthians and he said more and more people saved yeah yeah that so sunday is well how is that going to happen yeah. and it's the great commission
0: it is man i can't wait all right thanks for thanks thanks for listening love you guys
1: press on